0: You hear us say a lot here at Hope City that we desire to partner with God. And what I want you to hear this morning is that prayer is an amazing, it is a vital way that you and I get to connect and partner with God. Prayer. Some of us in this room, I guarantee you many of us in this community, we think this, does God really care About what is going on in my life? Does he really care? Because, like, this is a large world that he created. I mean, it is huge. If you've ever ventured out of Wahlberg any time in your life and driven to other parts of the country or traveled to other countries, you will know that this is a very large world that God created. How in the world can God, who created this large world, be concerned about something little that's going on in my life? Have you ever thought about it that way? Like If we look at it as well, this is too big for God to be concerned. Then we view God almost as like a shrewd business owner. It's so big, there's no way that he's concerned with this thing that's causing me to have a little temper tantrum or a little bit of worry. I remember just recently we went on a road trip. We went out west uh, pastor, uh, Jamie, you're in, I can't call you pastor yet, but you're taking classes. I'm going to go ahead and call you archbishop. How about that? <laughs> archbishop, Jamie, and I, man, that sounds phenomenal. See if you can get that on your name tag. Archbishop, Jamie, and I, we went on a road trip out West and we were at a conference in Phoenix, but Sunday we had Sunday off. And so we took a road trip and in 36 hours, you, he and I covered 833 miles, give or take a few. We traveled from where we were staying in Phoenix to Sedona, Arizona. The Red Rocks is beautiful. We then went from there to the Grand Canyon. It's amazing. And then we went from there to the Hoover Dam because that was something special that I wanted to see because back about 20 years ago, I remember seeing the Hoover Dam. Has anybody ever been to the Hoover Dam? It's amazing. If you're ever out that way in the vastness of this world that God created, you've got to go to the Hoover Dam. But let me tell you this. Do not take a firearm to the Hoover Dam. Don't because you won't see the Hoover Dam. I have a concealed carry permit. I had my gun with me, and they got me up to the front of the line in my car, and they didn't ask me how I was doing. They didn't say, hey, buddy, you look nice. Or they said this, do you have a gun or a weapon on you? And the answer was, oh, my goodness, yes. No, you will go to jail. You will go to jail. So we didn't get to see the Hoover Dam because I had a gun, so don't take a gun. But the reason I'm saying this is we drove those 833 miles in 36 hours span of time, and we saw nothing. Guys, this is a big world. And when God created it, the heavens and the earth, can I tell you something? Whether you're going to believe me or not, when he was creating this vast world, he was thinking of you. He was also creating you. And so if we have a wall up, a barrier that keeps us from partnering with God in prayer, well, he's just this busy guy or he's just this far off being. No, God created this vastness and he also created you. And God longs to communicate with you. He longs to hear from you. Okay, Scott, I'll buy that. But there's this, there's this other wall up. And you know what? Like, is he really concerned? Because he's got bigger things going on. Like God is out there somewhere in this universe. And I mean, we've got the coronavirus going on now. We've got national elections going on. We've got rioting in other countries. He's got other things to do. There's no way that God cares about this little thing that is causing me a little bit of anxiety. There's no way this big God is up there caring about something that maybe bothers me. And the answer to that wall that many of us have put up is that he cares about every aspect of your life. He cares about the smallest thing that is taking place in your life right now you may think it's so small but what i want you to hear is that the god of everything who created the heavens and the earth and he created you he is on his throne not too busy to listen to what you've got to say Some of us think that, well, with all these things, the viruses and the wars and all these things going on, that he's probably seen some of the things that I've done wrong and he's in a bad mood. God is not like a grumpy grandpa. But that's the view that some of us have with him. He sees what we've done wrong. He's over here dealing with all these huge things and me, I'm just causing him more problems. He's like a grumpy grandpa. No. Get this picture in your mind. Is that God is seated on his throne in heaven. And he has positioned his ear to hear what you have to say to him. And this morning and tomorrow morning and thousands of years from now, if Jesus tarries, God is going to position his ear towards you and say, son, I want to hear what you have to say. If it is a concern to you, I want to know about it. In fact, I already know about it, but I just love to hear you talk to me. And so Hope City, this is your church, this is your community community. I need us to know that we are going to be people of prayer. We're going to talk about it. We're going to emphasize it. We're going to encourage you to pray. I want you to look at what Paul says here in Philippians 4, 6. This is going to be somewhat of a takeaway verse for us this morning. So I'd highlight this, I would write this down, I would take a picture on your phone, I would look this up on your Bible app, but it says here in Philippians 4:6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. You know why? Because the God who created the Grand Canyon also created you. Did you guys hear that? The personal God who created this beautiful hole in the ground that Jamie and I actually had a little bit of difficulty finding, (laughs) it's funny. Um, The hole in the ground created by God is the same God that created you. God is personal. And it says here, Paul, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, do not be anxious about anything. Do you know why we can have that as a truth in our life? It's because our God is very real and powerful. And he is concerned about you. Some of you in this room have been in church a long time. And you, if we had a poll going right now, you would honestly say that I'm not so sure God is concerned about me. He is very concerned about you. Paul goes on and says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, there are things right now in your heart whether it has to do with your health, whether it has to do with your finances, whether it has to do with your marriage, here's the deal. Whether it has to do with your emotional state, whether it has to do with your job, whether it has to do with your children. There's thousands of things right now in our hearts and minds that need to be taken to God in prayer. And whatever the enemy has put as a hindrance to you taking those needs to God in prayer, I say this, in Jesus' name today, those are destroyed. We're going to be people who take our needs, our requests, our praises to God. Paul goes on, he says, not only don't worry, don't be anxious, but in everything Everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So we're going to start a series on prayer. I got a little, little clicker up here, and this is so much fun. we I've never used this before. But this logo here is something again, I want it's going to be out there for you to see to capture. But this is going to be something that guides us over the next several weeks because we're not going to see probably many of you uh, on Tuesday. I hope to see many of you on Wednesday. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. But we get busy and we go different ways and we can become distracted. But as a body, we're going to be praying together. And as you see, this is just something simple that we have put up here. We are not distant from him. Prayer is what brings us into partnership with God. We're going to be people who pray. We're going to praise him. We're going to, if need, repent. In two weeks, I'm going to be talking about, and we're going to be focusing our prayer times on restoring relationships. We're going to be praying as a body for weeks or maybe even months or years, if that needs, on restoring relationships. And I know that I'm not the only one in the room who probably has a relationship somewhere that needs restoration. We're going to also use words that week of like Reconciliation. But we're going to pray as a body that if we have broken relationships, we're going to go to God and we're going to thank him for the relationship. Here's where it gets really personal. If there is anything that we have done that is sinful to break the relationship, we, even us Christians are going to repent for what we may have done contrary to God's word. But this is a part of prayer. Next Sunday morning, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be praying about, we're going to be praying for people in our lives that don't know Jesus. We're going to be praying for people to receive Jesus as their Savior. And we're going to take this more serious than we've ever taken it before in the eight-year history of this church. We're going to focus and we're going to write down people's names that we know, that we interact with, maybe on a daily basis, who if they were to die, they would spend eternity in hell. That's just how serious this is. And so we are going to ask God that he would draw maybe our lost family members or loved ones. God, will you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, draw John near and dear to your heart? God, whatever you ask of me, I am going to yield and obey. We're going to pray with intention. Not only are we going to be saying words, not only are we going to be listening to God, but I need you to understand this before we move any further this morning. You have been chosen by God to partner with him. See, I think a lot of times we just think prayer is, God, I'm in trouble, I need this. Or God, I know that you love me or whatever. But this is needing to be taken out of this place today is you and I, are partnering with the God who created everything. And we're going to look at that in scripture here. Look at this. I want you to turn to Exodus chapter three. In Exodus chapter three, I want us to see this. I want you to see that prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer moves the heart of God. God. Look at this screen, look at here in the center. We oftentimes, we think that God is way over here. And we feel so distant. No, what I want you to know is in these empty chairs this morning, God's seated right there beside of you. He is present in this very room. He knows what I'm getting ready to say before I even say it. He knows what you're thinking right now along with you. His word says that he knows what you need before you even ask we got to understand that when we pray, when we commune with God, when we ask anything, it moves the hand and the heart of God here on this earth. Look at this in Exodus chapter 3. I love this. Story that probably many of us are familiar with. I want to just start reading in the 7th verse. It says this, The Lord said, I have indeed seeing the misery of my people in Egypt. Now here's the, I know that some of this is Old Testament, but guess what? This is the nature, character, person, presence of God that does not change. God is the same yesterday and today and forever. So just because this is an exodus doesn't mean that God is not relevant to you and I in 2020. The same God that is present here is present in this building this morning. And so it says that God, Jesus, Holy Spirit said, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I want you to stop. And I want you to put your life in this context. Some of you in this place today think you've been forgotten. Some of you, if we're being honest, think that you have sinned so much that God has just balled you up and thrown you away. To never be thought of by God again Some of us in here feel very distant from God, and I need you to know that today that God is not distant. He not only sees you, but he hears your cries. Some of you in this place today, and this is a safe place in his presence, are in some dark holes. Some of the things that have happened to you in this physical world have put you in places that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. Some of you think you're in such a dark hole that God is not seeing you or even caring about where you are. And if that's you in this place this morning, I need you to know, not to hear me, but to just listen to what God is saying to you this morning. He said to the Israelites, he says, guys, I see and I've heard your cries. And I need you to know in this place that God is doing the same for every single one of you. You're not too far down. You're not too forgotten. He says that I have seen the misery of my people. Do you know, because of Jesus Christ, and I talked about this last week, you're one of God's children. And He sees where you are sitting today, He knows your situation. And prayer and partnering with him moves his hand and his heart in your life. And it goes on and it says, I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I would say maybe the first step for some of us in this room, because we feel so distant and forgotten and ashamed, is our first step may truly to be in our car if we're alone or somewhere at home alone. And we just cry out to God and we bear our soul to him. Because here's what I found out. After I bear my soul to him, it becomes much more palatable to share and bear my soul with those people that are closest to me in my life. So maybe our first step for some of us in this room is to go out and we just cry out to God and we say exactly what's in our soul and he's going to take every bit of it and he's probably gonna respond this way hey, son, or hey, daughter, I see you in your misery. And I even hear you right now crying out. I said, I know for me, when I cry out to God and I just bare my soul and I get some things out of my mind and out into the air, when I air them out, it becomes more um, accessible and it becomes easier to find my wife or find my good friends and say, hey, man, here is what is actually going on in my mind. It's amazing how God allows me to open up to people after I've opened up to him. And God says, I see and I heard you crying because of the slave drivers there in Egypt, they're being oppressed and and I'm concerned. Some of you need to know that God is still concerned with you. He says, I'm concerned about your suffering He's concerned about your suffering. Look at this, look, please. He's not way far off in some throne room that's decked out like some man cave that you've never seen. He is concerned about you. He's concerned with every detail of you. I remember back when we were at Leford Middle School, this was when this church first started. We're in this auditorium, and, and we were, you know, we, it was We took a prayer request. We had a Sunday where we took prayer requests live, right there, having no clue what somebody's going to stand up and ask for. And we had a gentleman. He he was a cowboy. He was tough. He had three of my man cards in his wallet. He was just tough. And he was standing right over there. I could take you almost to where he was sitting in this auditorium. And he stood up, and I said, hey, man, what 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 can we pray for? And he said, he started down this road, and we prayed for his horse. We prayed for his horse. And my answer is just this. If it matters to you, his son, it matters to him. Ezra, my little six-year-old, I don't know if he's got it on today because I haven't seen him this morning. But you know what? He is wearing a big old, looks like a class ring he found up in his brother's room. And it's probably worth $3. But it looks like gold. And he wears it. He wore it last night to the movie theater that he went. I mean, he's walking around looking like Mr. T. And he's like, Daddy, Daddy, look at how this thing shines in the sunlight. And it's just beaming. He doesn't care. But it matters to him. And I am proud. I know he'll lose it in three days. It's okay. But I'm proud that my little boy is impressed by this ring. And if that man's horse is a concern to him, I believe that God is such a loving, caring God. He's not an angry, grumpy grandpa or a business shrewd, a shrewd business owner. He cares about that guy's horse. I don't care about that guy's horse, but God does. I'm allergic to horses. I shouldn't have to care about horses. Some of you are going to say, well, you should. Well, I'm allergic to them. Are you allergic to eggs or tomatoes? I'm kidding. I'm allergic to cats and dogs, too. But I have a dog because my wife said we're having a dog. (laughs) I need you to understand that he's concerned. He's concerned. Verse 8, listen to this. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians And to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. Some of us need to know that God is not far off. That we get to partner with him in everything. We get to communicate with the God who created all of this. And he is concerned and he wants to bring you up. I don't know who that's for here this morning. But he wants to bring you up up in this case with the israelites he was wanting to bring them up to the promised land Listen to this, he is wanting to bring you up to your promised life. If we're down in some dark place in this season of our life, that's not what God created for us. He didn't create for us to stay there. He says, no, Scott, I need you. Listen, I know it's been a struggle and I know it's even a dark hole at sometimes. but here, I'm reaching down my hand because my heart is for you. Come on up because I have a promised life for you. He's wanting to bring you up. How do I know that? Because I've talked to him. And he says, God, I'm partnering with you. And I'm going to actually move through you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to display my God, heart, and nature on earth through you. Scott, I want to partner with you. That's what he says here to the Israelites. He's saying this in Exodus verse 9. He says, and now, some of you need to know that it's today. Now, the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Verse 10, so now go, get this. I am sending you, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. Listen, prayer is not just one way to God. Prayer is just not in partnership. Prayer, partnership is two. Prayer is not just throwing up our request. God, I'm gonna praise you. And if I've done something wrong, I'm gonna repent. I'm going to ask in Jesus name. And then the biggest part of the partnership of God and listen, church, I think this is maybe where we've gotten off and I'm not going to preach for the next 15 or 20 minutes and say, this is performance-based, no way. We do not perform our way into more of God's love. Don't hear me say that. But what I am going to say, almost as a risk of being misunderstood, is that when I go and I praise God, and if I've got sin in my life, I repent. When I ask God in Jesus' name, what he says to me next, I have a choice whether to yield or disobey. Partnership with God is two-way. God is not just sitting up there magically poofing and making things happen. Hey, if you're a Christ follower in the room, I believe that we live in the greatest opportunity that mankind has ever known to move out of these walls and put on display not our greatness, but the God's greatness. I believe it's greater than any time ever. Because we get to ask God, we get to hear from God, we get to partner with God. And then what he tells us to do, you and I then have the choice. Am I going to yield and obey or am I going to sit back and just say, well, someone else will do it. Or God, if he wants it to happen, he will make it happen. No, he may have chosen you to display his nature, character and power and presence. You think about it. You can go into all these stories. This morning, we just have time for one. We're going to look at one, and we're going to look at it in the book of Joshua. In the book of Joshua, we know that it's the six chapters where I want you to go. Joshua chapter 6. And this is so familiar, probably familiar with people who have never even been in church, but they've heard about the walls of Jericho coming down. Did you know that God, in all of his sovereignty, all of His power, His divineness, God could have said with a word. He could have just spoke it, and every brick on that wall would have come down. Do you know that? He could have done that. He spoke before, and things happened. He spoke the world into existence. So he did it with this world. He could have done it with these walls. But no, God said, you know what? I want to find my people. I want to find my people and I want to partner with them. It was God's nature and his power that brought down the walls of Jericho. Do we agree with that? His power brought down those walls, but it was his people's obedience and yielding to his voice that caused those walls to come down. You see how this works? If you're a Christ follower in this room, if you claim that you're a follower of Jesus, listen, prayer is how we partner with God. But we don't just talk to God and then sit back. Christians, the time is today for us to just get up and say, okay, God, I love you, I praise you. I'm asking these things because they're concerns to me. And hey, God, whatever you say, whatever you respond to me, God, I'm yielding. He's looking for men and women who will be that way. That's what so we can perform but so that the power of God is displayed here on this earth. I said it this way and I wrote this down and it's just a quote for me. Listen, it's going to appear on the screen. God's divine nature, his character, and character is a big one, guys, because a lot of your friends who are not familiar with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they don't know God's character. And I could go ahead and make a curveball here and speak 30, 45 minutes on this because you are reflecting God's character. If you're a follower of Jesus, they're looking to you to see God's character. We're not going there. God's divine nature, his character, his presence and power is displayed on earth in Wahlberg in the triad. It is displayed here in this community through us when we pray, when we listen, and when we obey. Not that we have this great weight on us, but it is truly a divine of God responsibility. Hey, Christ followers, you and I have a responsibility to pray. Not just so that my hurt leg can get better, Not just when we have doctor's reports that we don't know the test results yet. You and I, we wake up and we are on mission to go represent God and we need to know what our dad is telling us to do today. And it's simple. We get out of bed, we sit there, maybe we're in the shower, maybe we're on our couch reading the Bible or we're doing devotions or maybe we're reading the newspaper or maybe we're even on social media. We can sit there and we say, God, I've got all this going on today. You knew it hey God, what is it that you're wanting me to be today? What are you wanting me to say in this meeting? God, how are you wanting me to reflect your character in this situation that I'm going in today? And it is as simple as that. And then you and I can just stop talking. We can listen. One of Our intercessors here just this morning. Wise and mature man of God. Said back there praying in the office before we came out here. He said, I just have realized that God is speaking way more than I've ever realized. He's wanting to speak to you. Not some far off being that you'll never hear or know. No, he's wanting your attention. Because when you and I move around this community in obedience, yielding to God's voice, his nature, power, presence, and character is on display for everybody to see. It's partnership. It's you and God. I guarantee you there's probably some of you that have things in your life today that are very similar to the walls of Jericho. And you know God exists. But you look at those walls right now in your mind and you're like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. I want our language to change to I cannot wait to see what God and I do with those walls. Here's what he says in Joshua. In Joshua chapter 6. Let's just start here in the first verse. It says, Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, guys, it's partnership. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered. Did you guys catch that? That's a huge word. See, Joshua, me and you're partnering in this thing, and I've already delivered. The walls are still standing. If Joshua was standing there at the base of the entrance of Jericho, he would be standing up against a large wall. Large wall. But God, in his partnership, he comes and he says, Hey, Joshua, hey, I have delivered. See, some of us need to understand that God has already delivered. Even though you and I may still see a wall, God has already delivered on his end. He's already delivered his end. You and I must line up in the partnership with him. I still see walls, God. Hey, hey, Scott, I am breaking them down as we speak. I am delivering you into freedom. You go ahead and get real personal with God in this. You need to put your life in it because your relationship with him is personal. Struggling with maturing as a leader? It's being honest and real. We're pushing each other on our team here at this church to be the best, confident, God-filled, Holy Spirit-filled leaders we can be. Guess what? God has already seen the end. He is drawing us to completion. Some of you need to know that he is drawing you to completion. And he said to Joshua, and he's saying it to us in this church this morning, hey, because you and I are partnering, I need you to see what I see. I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and its fighting men. Verse 3, here's where you come in. God could have knocked those walls down, but he said, hey, Joshua, I want you to be a part of this amazing move of me. I want you to be a part of my power being displayed on earth. Have we ever looked at it that way? Have we ever looked at prayer as us getting to be a part of a powerful move that God is doing right here on this earth? If I'm being honest, I think we probably haven't. We look at prayer as like, oh my goodness, God, there's getting ready to be a catastrophe. I need you to intervene. We've looked at prayer as it is our last resort. I need us at Hope City. And I don't know how often I'm gonna get to say this. We're gonna be teaching classes on prayer, but we're gonna have to know that we get to partner with God. And when we pray and obey, we get to be a part of the power of God on display here on this earth. He says this, I need you not to go perform for me, But I need in partnership, Joshua, here's what I need you to do. Hey, Joshua, I'm gonna love you the same. I'm not gonna favor you more if you go do this, but Joshua, for my power to be on display and for my people to be set free, hey, Joshua, this is what I'm gonna need you to do. And I believe he's doing that right here in this room this morning. You're hearing God say to you some things that you need to yield and obey and go walk out in faith. He's telling us, Christ followers, he's telling us and letting us in on what he desires for you and your family and this community. I bet you there's some husbands in this room right now that you need to go apologize to your wife. You've just been, you've been whatever, you fill in the blank, and you know the Holy Spirit is saying, hey man, I need you to yield, and I need you to go and just apologize, and I need you to go love your wife as my son Jesus loved the church. Just yield, I promise where God is leading to you is going to be beautiful. You have a responsibility in this. And that's what he said. Hey, Joshua, I need you guys to go march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Here's the partnership. Guess what these guys did? They went and marched around that thing. And then he says this. He said, on the seventh day, I need you to go march around the city seven times. Prayer is not just one way. Hey, young people in the room, listen, the quicker you and I discover that prayer is vital to our teenage life, young adults in the room, as soon as you and I discover how impactful prayer is to our young adult life, hey, moms and dads, when you and I discover how impactful prayer is to our family's life. We're going to start seeing God do things through our families, through our students, through our kids, through our young adults. We're going to see people partnering with God in prayer and yielding in obedience. And we're going to see things like these walls of Jericho fall. That's how we're going to pray, church. So this is how I end this with this statement. Hope City is going to be a place who prays, who partners with God. We are going to praise Him. We are going to repent when He tells us that we have done something contrary to Him. We are going to ask Him and we are going to yield and obey whatever God says. I'm excited about this. I said Wednesday night a little while ago. Starting this Wednesday night, March 4th at 7 p.m., right here in this auditorium, we are going to be kicking off corporate prayer for this community. We're going to do this whether one person shows up or a thousand people show up. But on Wednesday night, starting this Wednesday, March 4th at 7 p.m., corporate prayer is going to be right here in this auditorium. And we've already looked at the year ahead. We've looked at when is July 4th, when's Christmas, when's Easter, when's spring break. We've looked and we're dodging all of those. So we're going to be here for the next 52, you hear this, for the next 52 Wednesdays and then beyond, we're going to be in this room and we're going to pray and it's going to be together and it's going to be unified and we're going to just see what partnering with God in prayer actually looks like. So all of you are invited. You can invite your neighborhoods. I can tell you what we're going to be praying for this Wednesday night, for sure, is we're going to be praying for the salvation of lost people in this community. I know we don't say it much in church because it can be offensive. But there are people who don't know Jesus in this community. There's people that go to our kids' schools. And guys, we have to first pray for them to know Jesus. So that's what we're going to do. Next Sunday, we're going to go even a step further and we're going to talk about it up here. But you're invited because Hope City is going to be a place who prays and partners with God. This is what James says. I'd love for you to turn in your phone and your Bible and I want you to see this. Before we pray here this morning, this is what James has written. James chapter 4, verse 2. Very simply put, the Holy Spirit said, Hey, James, I want you to write this. And he said, This, you want something. I don't know who this is in the room this morning. But you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Church, that's not going to be our mistake. We are going to ask God and we're going to practice that this morning. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to ask our ministry team to come forward. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. I'm just going to ask you as you stand, would you just start praying?